Thank you for tuning in to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Restoration Podcast. How is everybody doing? Doing well. Doing well. How are you? I'm surviving, man. Quarantine life. You know how it is. Absolutely. I think we're all we're all going through the same thing right now. Just kind of putzing along. Everybody's trying to make it. And, you know, we're doing okay. Get by. How, about you, how about you, James? How's everything going on the home front? Everything's going well. Um, obviously, logistics are very different. Um, kids have nowhere to go. So, um, wifey and I are taking turns keeping them entertained and somewhat sane. And still trying to get some work done. Uh, both on the house as well as professionally, not letting all the things you're juggling go. So, yeah, just making do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds about right. And, you know, it's interesting. We, we discussed tonight's topic. Um, well, I don't know. We had maybe discussed it recently, but anyway, it's, it seems awful timely. The tonight's topic is, is the restoration hobby and parenting. Um, so it's not going to be applicable to everybody. There's probably some younger, childless viewers in our audience or listeners. But, um, you know, I think it's extra appropriate right now when you have to manage uh, so much more time with the kids and also try and find some time to do the hobby that we all enjoy. Absolutely. And, you know, before we get into tonight's uh, topic full blown here, um, just a reminder, make sure to follow us on our Instagram at the Restoration Podcast. And if you need to get a hold of us, contact us on our Gmail, the Restoration Podcast at gmail.com. And just in case you're a new listener, we're going to go around and uh, let you know how to get in contact with us individually, should you feel inclined to do so. You can find me, Evan, on Instagram at BigGeese72. Dave, how about you? How do we get a hold of you? Um, you can reach me on Instagram at parts and restoration, and you can find my YouTube content under the same name. And, uh, how about you, James? What's the best way to get a hold of you, dude? Universal Woodworker, Instagram, um, much more timely responding there than anywhere else. Although I have been trying to keep as good a pace on the Gmail and the Instagram. And I do, I think we all really appreciate everybody's comments, um, Whatever episode you're on, we kind of reset our memories and we'll go back and enjoy a joke with you. Um, by the way, did you guys see the one that came in today that uh, someone found the weed whacker uh, wire brush attachment? <laughs> oh, I did not. not. So hard because like two days ago, right, Dave, didn't, didn't you put your wire brush into your shirt? I did. I, I could have been killed or worse. <clears throat> could have ruined that dad bod. Uh, there's no ruining that, dude. Reduction is the only thing that can make that better. <laughs> <laughs> if I lost so, a chunk, nobody'd be complaining. Oh man! <laughs> but yeah, we really appreciate you, uh, everybody who listens, who participates, sends us little quips, all the helpful suggestions. Uh, there's quite a bit of uh, specialist knowledge out there, and for that we are thankful because we are bunch of guys just figuring it out on the fly enjoying it and enjoying sharing with you 
Um, these guys do a lot better job sharing than I do, and I'm jealous that they're so willing to put themselves out there. But no, nah, we all do great. I like your stuff the best, James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It's all pressured from you guys. No. Well, it's, okay. it's good, good peer pressure then. Yeah. No. Take, it is. take take more pictures of all ten of your Universal Woodworkers. We want to see them. Yes. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Guys, as Dave said here in the beginning, topic tonight is restoration or restoration and parenting. Now, I'll have to admit that I'm a little behind the game here. Dave and James, they're a little more advanced into the parenting world. I personally don't have any children yet. My wife that he knows current- about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that I know about. <laughs> My wife... My wife is currently pregnant. We're inspecting our first son here coming up in September. So that's, you know, a fantastic thing. And I'm really excited for that. But hey, I appreciate it. But, you know, I don't have any kids to to relate this to currently. So this will be a learning episode um, for me as well as, you know, I'm sure a bunch of listeners. Um, So as we move into this, uh, Dave and and James are going to regale us of the tales of Late nights, crying, uh, <laughs> temper tantrums, and and that's wishing. just us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lesson, uh, half lesson, half horror story, but it, it should be fun. Hopefully, it'll be a good topic. Um, yeah, we'll see what we can get into. Dave, you have two little boys. Um, how old are they? So my eldest is almost five, and my baby boy will be two in a few months. Nice. So they are little rascals. They are lots of fun. We have a we have a blast. Yeah. And and James, tell us uh, how many children you have. Many you have like fifteen children, right? As many Universal Woodworkers <laughs> I have children. No, actually, I have children than Universal Woodworkers for now. For um, now, I have a four-year-old daughter and twins, who are two boy and girl. So. Uh, when you go to multiples, that's the step up. When you go, when you outman, uh, based on your adult ratio, it's it's the next level. Yes. Going going from uh, I I never actually got to have man on man defense. We went. I like the hockey uh, hockey. What's it called? Analogy. Reference. Yeah, yeah. We went from a, a power play to an eternal penalty kill. Oh, no. <laughs> so so we have we have young kids. So uh, for those. Uh, much more well-versed in parenting. We'd love to hear how you've uh, raised your children uh, further beyond that we've uh, approached, but we figured it'd be fun to talk about at least re- restoration game with little ones, balance and hobby and, and family life and, and kids in general. So, so well, yeah. you know, I go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was going to say, you know, what we should start, we should start with, you know, the, the newborns and, and well, actually we should even start before they were born when we're expecting and what that was like. And Evan can maybe chime in on that a little bit, too, just to keep him in it. And I feel like there's there's some interesting stories to be told of all the different phases of when the kids, you know, before they're able to help or before they're able to, to, to walk or be interested and how you have to adapt to different um, different times in their life. To your hobby, you know what I mean? Yeah. So why don't we start? Why don't we start with the expecting? And I'll just jump in here with it. I remember when my when my ex wife was expecting our first child, I was like, I don't want to say I was in panic mode, but I knew that I had a limited time left 
to do projects <laughs> of like however I wanted to do them. And I feel like there was a sort of rejection and like a rebellion against like the the impending fatherhood. And I wound up taking on that's actually when I took on my first like real heavy duty shop project. I built uh, a semi-automatic AK-47 in my shop. It was like the first like I built it from a kit. It required a bunch of welding and presses and I had to buy a vice to do it and like all kinds of stuff. I had no shop skills and I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to be a dad. I'm not going to have any time. I have to do something extravagant and hard. That was way outside of my comfort zone. So I just, I went for it. And that was, that was my experience pre newborn. Um, James, any thoughts on that? Do you have a similar experience or when you were expecting a kid, what did you, what did you wind up doing? We, um, when we were expecting, we were actually planning a move. So we moved from Southern Virginia to upstate New York and we moved from a tiny, well, like the house was a uh, reasonable size, but the property was really small. So we always were looking for a place with more land and I wanted to finally get a garage that I, uh, could use for big projects. The a garage that was part of our turnkey home was one of those single car garage that was 10 feet wide. So if you parked a car in there and you opened one door, you couldn't open the other door. You had to choose. So yeah. immediately it just became storage um, for a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so when we were moving, we were looking for properties that either had a big shop or had the potential to add a shop. And we got quite a bargain on on the house that we bought, but it didn't have any garage. So we went for, through the first winter. Joanna was born a couple months after we moved here and we didn't have anything. So we went through our first upstate New York winter with no garage. So we were scraping snow off our cars. So my big first project naively was planning a garage, thinking I'd have just as much time to do a project uh, without a little one. And I got way over my head. I learned a ton, but at the expense of uh, carrying my fair weight, (laughs) watching the little one, because the little ones, as soon as they're born, probably until they can really start crawling they they are literally an anvil in your lap they are the heaviest most uh <laughs> consuming item that that keeps you parked in the same place for hours yep. and hours and as little as they are they are uh it's intensive focus to keep them entertained quiet happy fed changed clean. Yep. Uh, so days and days and days would go by and, you know, I was juggling a garage that was half up. So my wife is really the champion of the first, uh, few months when they were the littlest. Cause I had a half a wrecked garage and Hey, <laughs> and I was being torn in two directions. So that was yeah. a lot. Uh, Good so, you know, I'd always wanted to do that project and it was, it was not time for me to be uh as available as i could have been uh we really needed it so we justified all the effort it took but it was exhausting to find the ability to to build a garage and do figure out being a brand new dad so yeah it's a lot yeah even though i was gonna say evan are you feeling any pressure now with your impending fatherhood yeah that's what i was gonna say like i've been thinking about this for a while now because you know, my, my wife and I, I mean, we've only been married almost two years, but we've been together for 11. So uh, we've been thinking, well, I've been thinking of this for a long time now about, 
I've always wanted kids. I knew that that was going to be the goal. I, I knew it was going to happen and, and I want it to happen, but I, that kind of hastened my, my tool buying process. Uh, not necessarily restorations because I have projects that I can work on now, but the, the rate at which I acquired stuff was, was exponentially more than probably most people because, you know, everybody who has a kid knows that it's, it's a big financial investment or I wouldn't, I don't want to call it a burden. burden. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's a strain on the finances. And I yeah. knew that, you know, I, we would still have money to do things and I could still buy tools here and there, but the, the amount of, of tools and things that I have, I would not be able to amass if I had a child here yeah. and we, and we were, you know, spending money on the things that, you know, clothes and diapers and, and food and everything. Sure. So I, that, that was part of my process. And, um, you know, I sped it up and, and gathered all the things that I could so that I have my base stock ready to go so that when the kids are here, um, I have those things and then I, I only need to go buy little things here and there cause I have the majority of what I need already. Now, Smart. have you, have you, bought and restored everything or have you saved tools thinking that you'll have plenty of time to res just restore them with uh, junior on your lap well there, there's things that i've restored already and then there's things that i use currently but i could turn into restoration projects like there's some things where you buy it and you're like no i'll leave it alone or you're like maybe i'll do that someday it works fine right now i'm not going to touch it but i could do it if i wanted to i have you know i have a whole bunch of uh, different things that I could do, you know, hand tools that I could clean up, um, uh, sure. you know, just simple, simple things like, you know, taking rust off of, off of whatever X, Y, Z. And then I have tools and machines that I use that if I would choose sometime in the future, I could do a full restoration on them, but they work perfectly fine right now. So I don't need to do that, but I can in the future if I wanted to. Okay. Just wanted Sounds to make easy. sure you didn't, you didn't sock one away and go, all right, for the first nine months, I'm just going to clean up my south bend. No, no. I, <laughs> I, 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 knew, I know that it's going to be, you know, uh, obviously financial, but also time-wise, as you guys know, um, you know, you, you find time where you can get it and work on, you know, when it's mom's time to take care of the kid for an hour or two, you can go good do what you want but then you got to come right back and then it's it's mom's time to do what she wants to do so um I, I feel like you know you guys are are figuring out the balance because obviously you know if we're looking at the end goal here you guys basically have it figured out you know you're not i mean there, there might be times where you're like i wish i had more time to work on xyz but you still get it done i mean dave is making awesome progress on his uh, power wagons and and working on his projects and you know he's he's still full-time dad and he's still uh you know taking care of the kids and james you're getting the universal worker woodworker uh, fixed up and and taken care of and you know you got you got three young ones so it i there's hope at the end of the at light at the end of the tunnel for me i know it can be done you know you just got to figure it out find that schedule Make sure yeah. your your partner's on the same page and you guys understand each other. You're like, hey, I, I need an hour or two to, you know, relax and go take care of this and, you know, trade yeah. off and on. 
it's it's a, it, it really comes down to a daily discussion. I mean, every every couple works different. Dave, you got the solo game, so man, that is just a different side of this equation. I haven't even thought about, but we yeah. we tried early on thinking we could just like trade days to still get that like pre-parent life. I'll I'll just take this evening to to do something and we'll trade and do right. that. But it really comes down to that day, what is going on, how everybody's handling it, and you just you just gotta be way more flexible to you know kick the project to the next day or the next day or the next month you know so yeah i uh i've gotten into my projects as ultimate long games i i don't expect to be you know turning out woodworking projects every night as soon as i get these things turned over they're going to be working and then it'll be the next long game of getting them established in their own shop but um yeah parenting takes a ton of time and I did not appreciate what that was until you start living it. But I wouldn't change it. My kids are great. And uh, the uh, it is interesting, their interactions with some of the big tools, because they have no idea what it is. They've seen me use my rinky-dink, you know, Ryobi table saw and chop saw. So they get the idea that, you know, dad can build stuff and is working on the house most of the time. But yeah, um, yeah. The universal woodworkers are just iron behemoths that I worry they're going to, you know, turn around, smack their noggin on, and they'll lose in that equation. <laughs> but um, they haven't gotten to see them turn on, so I haven't terrified them yet. But that's something that I am worried about getting into the older tools is uh, eventually when I have these things fired up, all the flat belts and big pulleys uh, and, and spinning apparatus are uh, just going to turn into little finger munchers and suck my kids in so i <laughs> i mean that, hopefully, that's hopefully not yeah, yeah. hopefully not that, that's working that on be... building these things but i'm also thinking okay when i do i may have to uh engineer some parental shrouds just so that extra spinning parts are protected i might give a 21st century osha <laughs> child guards on some right. things just to uh give myself a peace of mind see now i know i know you guys probably feel <sighs> the same way but for me, I mean, yeah, a lot of the things we use can be dangerous. Um, but what, what I look forward to is, you know, with my son and eventually, you know, my next next child, uh, I look forward to being able to share those experiences with them and and bring them down to the shop and say, hey, you know, I, I fixed this up. It, it I have all the pictures of everything, you know. Thankfully, we have you know, cameras on our phones and we have you know instant access to everything. And I can go back and say, hey, here, I, I, I worked on this and I still have it and it's still going. And and someday, you know, if you want it, it's going to be yours. And, and then we can work on projects together. And, you know, as they get more, uh, you know, they grow up and, you know, they learn about safety and you can start on smaller things. You, you get them into working on those projects and. I think that's that's going to be one of the greatest things for me is that you know, yes I love using my tools but I want to share them you know with my children and and make sure that they at least understand them they know how to use them safely and if they really don't want anything to do with them that's fine too but I, I want them to to uh, be a part of that as much as they as they want to be a part of it and I, I know Dave has been getting into that with um, you know his kids I, he posts things on his Instagram of where he's sharing, you know, experiences with his kids about, um, you know, maybe taking something apart or putting something back together. And I'm sure he'll, he'll have stories to share with you. So Dave, uh, what, what have you been 
working on with with your kids and how do you get them introduced to using tools and and things like that so i feel like so for one it's tough um to bring the, bring them down to the shop i find can be kind of stressful because they're still pretty young and they want to get into everything and i have to keep a really close eye on them and there's two of them so it can be kind of challenging to you know keep tabs on both of them without smothering them or helicoptering them you know um but so like a lot of it's i feel like a lot of it's in the home to start out i mean so most people have like their home shop or guys that are listening don't have the same problem that i have but or not necessarily do but you know i try and have tools around and anytime i have them out i talk to them about what i have especially my older guy i'll put it in his hand i'll let him hold a hammer and uh, you know try and let him you know we talk about what it is and what it's not. Uh, it's not for beating on his brother, one, but it is for <laughs> you know driving a uh, driving a nail into a board. And uh, you know I'll I'll bring out scrap wood and let him get a chance to to swack on it. And usually he smashes my thumb instead of smashing the nail. But I mean it's fun. It's making memories. You know it's it's fun. Um, and I give him an opportunity to try other things. Like I always try and well, anytime I have to do a project and I can do so safely, I'll, I'll try and put him right there in the thick of it. Um, and a lot, sometimes he'll protest a little bit, but usually as soon as he gets over that initial, you know, fear or discomfort, he's smiling and having a good time. And I think a lot of that's just kind of knowing your kid and what they're, what they're able to tolerate and what they're, and what they want. Um, like power tools can be kind of scary for a kid cause they're loud and noisy. My, my old, my big boy, gets kind of nervous around loud sounds um so that can that's something that we've been kind of i don't want to say working on because he's you know he's four i'm not trying to like you know turn him into he's not going to be a, a jackhammer operator tomorrow but right. i also don't want him to be scared of any of the tools i want him to respect them and understand what they do so you know we go over it which i try and talk to him about what they do in a way that he can understand i think getting on your kids level and trying to and understanding that you know big words and the descriptions that we use to describe you know big machinery and talking about a lathe or a milling machine or whatever no they don't understand that it's daddy's big machine you know like a lot of those things you keep it real simple and they're interested and because it's something cool and something that you're interested in they can see that you have a passion and a lot of that i think they pick up but trying to get them to understand a little bit of what's going on in a way that they can process um is is i find that to be a fun challenge trying to explain to a four-year-old what a lathe is and what it does mm-hmm. you know you know daddy daddy's the, the wheels on daddy's car spin round and around and around so does this tool you know like things that they can understand and grasp um makes it kind of fun for for me as a dad too um to try and kind of break that wall of understanding uh with them yeah absolutely. And, I, I uh I think that this hobby does provide a, a unique starting platform because a lot of the hand tools are uh, introduction to the simple mechanics of of a blade or a rotating piece without necessarily the 21st <laughs> century, um, you know, horsepower rust, behind it. So the like rust, the restoration <laughs> shop cat is uh, making his presence known. Yeah, Sammy uh, really wants some attention. So. <laughs> that's okay for the background noise but you know no no it's good um but yeah like uh old school hand drills uh just the hand crank kind um those yep. are pretty harmless if you want to put it in your kids hands and they can start realizing that just with a little bit of mechanical advantage they could make a a real difference on a piece of wood 
Uh, my kids learn by doing. And so every time I'm working on stuff, I have my tools splayed out everywhere. And there is that slight paranoia that they're going to grab something. And I'll hear one of my drills, you know, fire off. Uh, and I have to go chase my, my son down. Um, but, yeah, most of the time, running around with a hammer, you, you'll learn what that does pretty quick. Uh, it's pretty harmless. Sure. So I, I plan on introducing them slowly into, you know, uh, hand drills and then chisels and screwdrivers and the like before they get, you know, closer to bigger power tools. But I think it's also important to see that, that you know, dad or mom, whoever is prioritizing their projects and their passions and, and are able to tackle something that is bigger than the sum of its parts. Like we're able to, you know, show by example that we can take on something that is extremely challenging. And, you know, just the example you set there, I think is even more powerful if your kids get into restoration or not, just seeing us do it. That, that's what I kind of get excited about is, you know, laying out a plan for the little ones to know that it's possible if you give it enough time and thought. My biggest, my biggest point here though, is that, like I said, I don't care if my kids want anything to do with the tools, but I want them to know about the tools because I do not want to pass away and have them sell them at a garage sale for what I told mm. my wife I paid for them. <laughs> That's right. You know, and it's funny too. And, and this, I feel like in this day and age, you know, people more and more don't know what tools do. And it and by your kids watching it and you having them around when you're doing the projects, they're getting a little bit of a working knowledge about how to fix stuff and you know as they get older especially kind of having that understanding of you know fasteners and different drivers and and all the tools in your shop and they can learn just by watching and, and you know and they get bigger they can learn by doing or even you know with with you know within your own comfortability having them i've had my kid pull the pull the handle on a drill press before i mean that's that's easy fun for him it's safe i, I mean kids are pretty indestructible for the most part i'm not I'm trying to, you know, roll the dice on that. Yeah. But I, you know, if my kid bumps his head on the on the bench or he smacks his finger with a hammer, he's not going to die. You know, it's, a, it's actually a pretty good lesson learned. You don't do it again when stuff like that happens. Right. And I, some I, people, I want them, you know, I, I want them to know, like, that they can fix something on their own. If something breaks, they can, you know, take it apart and see how it works and, and see if there's something they can do to make it better. If they want to call a repair person, fine, go ahead. But if they want to give it a try, um, they, they can know that they have the potential to do that. And, um, you know, they learn just like the rest of us. I'm sure we've all had a project where we opened it up and we're like, yeah, I can't do this, but you know, we go and try to figure it out anyway. And then sometimes we find out, Hey, I could do this. I just need to learn something or, no, this is really way above my head, and I need to call somebody to figure it out and help me out with it. So yep. it's just being, you know, self-sufficient and and doing things on your own and knowing that you can do it, or at least you can attempt it, and knowing that hey, you know, sometimes you'll get in over your head and you got to call somebody to get some backup. That's it. You know, on, on switching gears a little bit, on a very, a very practical sense, you know, when the baby does come, we were we started out talking about you know pre pre arrival, and we kind of talked about a couple other things, but you know, we'll talk about when the baby is 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 on the scene. Uh, Evan, I will say this: uh, nap times are the best times. Absolutely. <laughs> 
get yourself if you haven't already a, a high quality baby monitor uh we yep, actually we one, got it we actually at one point had like the video style that actually would sync right to your phone so i'd be down in the shop and my phone would start buzzing and i could see when he woke up and see him crawling around looking for you know but it was, that was that was really convenient yeah for sure nice yeah was your uh was your baby monitor one of those freaky night vision ones that made your children look like ghosts yes uh yeah it was this <laughs> it was like this articulated like security camera ball looking thing that had you know like the five glowing ir lights on it i'll tell you that as soon as if your life goes down the path of multiple children that the days that they nap at the same time are like stars aligning because (laughs) children they each get two hour naps and we get nap trapped sometimes for four hours with one child falling asleep on you and then shifted to the couch and the next one gets cozy and you shift them to the couch and the next one gets cozy. And by the time that one's out, the first one's done and ready to, to do something. So that naps with singles is a good window, but that even can dry up or become a priority. Uh, yeah. the, the, the hard part is, is that when you only have one kid, it's so easy looking back, but when you only have one, you don't have any experience. You suck as a parent. I mean, you know, so, you know what I mean. You're not, you're not an experienced parent. But then you have a second one, and you're like, oh man, you know, you've probably been at it for at least, at least nine months. <laughs> yeah, so, really. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of have the rhythm down, and two, two is hard. Two is I, I found two to be especially hard. Um, looking back, it's not, it's not bad now that I got the rhythm down, but it took a year. Yeah, I'd say to get comfortable with that. I mean, I can't even speak for to to James's experience. My God, we we had yeah. twins, so it it felt like hitting the emergency e stop. Like it is a reset button. You you make all this progress. Joanna was a little over the two, and mm-hmm. um, so starting to walk, starting to talk, comprehend, you know, engage, and you go back to the kind of the like limp noodles in your lap. And you got you got these little little Story things. Of my life. They can't even hold their own head up, and you got to make sure that they're protected from everything. And, yeah. and then the oldest is you know wanting attention, so you got you just get pulled in every direction. I don't I don't want to be complaining. I mean they're they're amazing, but it it's all consuming, man. It, and even these situations now, like you kids want you even more to to interact with because you know sometimes the parents and the other kids are the only ones that they'll get to see and my kids haven't seen other kids in a long time so uh, yeah it, it just takes it to the next level to be there for them um it's a lot of work and doesn't leave you much time to get to your own things Absolutely. evan make sure you make sure you get yourself a nice baby chest harness because if you're doing non-dangerous work, you can definitely carry that sucker on your chest. Yeah, yeah, I def- I have that. It's on the uh, on the registry. We got that. Um, they fortunately they they make one big enough for me, so it will uh, <laughs> it will work out just fine. We got that on nice. the registry, and yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to that. You know, as long as I'm not hammer on anything or using the saw, yeah, I'll, I'll have them I'll have them strapped on and. And be down in the shop with me, and just putzing around. You know, when I'm yeah. off for the off for the summers, you know, well, they're gonna be. Let's see, they're gonna be like nine months old for my my wait, first wait, wait. summer with them. 
They? So, yeah, I heard they. No, no, I'm sorry. Twins? The triplets? No, no, Ooh, no, no. Evan, Evan, o- Evan's going to be the mom. The Octorusta dad. Octorusta no. dad. <laughs> <laughs> nope, just one. Just one. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Nine months old and and having them <laughs> down in the shop. It's, it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, I'll, enjoy it. I'll tell you what, man. Get yourself a portable napper bed. We So we got a changing table or like a what do you call it? a pack and play that came with a changing table slash like portable nap station yeah we just got the same thing oh dude it's awesome i'd take that nap station down in the shop as soon as he passed out or you know you know we'd be hanging out and i'd take the napper down there and i'd slap him in there and i got a good 45 minutes of you know you got to do quiet stuff otherwise that yeah, you ruin it but yeah <laughs> So definitely, I feel like that definitely limits you in the restoration department. But you know, there's things that can be done, shop tasks, etc. Absolutely. Changer, you, you know, and we're not we're not sitting here trying to you know dissuade any of our listeners from having children. If you want to, you know, <laughs> carry on working on your cars or working in your shop, it absolutely 100% can be done. And you know, we're we're not obviously not the first people to have experienced this. There have been, you know, thousands and thousands of people who have probably way more kids than all of us combined and they're still working in their shop doing things. So it can be done and you know, it's going to be different for every parent and you need to find that schedule that works for you and works for your partner and, you know, works for, you know, the kid, most importantly, you don't want it to be detrimental to the kid, but you make, make sure that you're, you know, it, it can be done. So it's, it just takes a little doing. Dave, what is what is your current philosophy? What is, what is the uh, the mantra of I am Dave, I am Dad, and I am uh, a restorer? How how do you balance or juggle that time in with everything else? You know, um, for me, my my I, my 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 life situation is very unusual. My schedule is uh, well, I'd say it's ideal for the, with the stuff that I'm able to do. I work four days on, then I'm off for four days. Four days on, four days off for my whole life. So when I'm at work, I work part of the day, and then after I get off work, I go to the shop during my work my work week. Um, my four days when I'm off, I'm pretty much off, uh, and I am pretty much full-time dad. And that kind of gives me a good work-life balance because I'm able to just focus on them and not be too distracted because I know that I've got four days of going to the firehouse doing that thing and then getting off and then going to the shop for the night. And that's, you know, that's awesome. I mean, I, I, it sucks in that I'm in that I don't get to see my kids every single day. Like I, like I was able to do when I was still in a typical two parent household. But, um, I feel like for the kind of stuff that for my my personality and 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 lifestyle i guess that i would like to lead i'm able to spend as much time in the shop as i can handle and i get to see my i see my kids on the facetime every night it's not the best but when i have them they're all mine um I, i'm not trying to get into the shop and sneak off like i was when i was um you know mom and dad under the same roof and it works. I, I don't know. It's it's, but it's it's unusual. So I, I feel like it's it's kind of hard for me to be like this is a good thing for everybody to try. But I will say this: now that I am separated and my shop is in a distant place from my house, uh, that 
has made a big difference in my ability to be dad because I the projects are far away. They aren't there's not any temptation for me to go and try and sneak off and get a minute here, a minute there. It's just all about it's all about the kids. Um, and that's that's been really good for me in my life. So how, how about you, uh, James? What what's things been like for you? I mean, especially having a good size amount of kids and having <laughs> so that, that's, that go. a good size amount of kids having, you know, having the kids you have and the big projects you have on hold, uh, you know, in the queue. What has worked for you? Yeah, I just want to make sure you're not on an island. I don't think there's a cookie cutter schedule that makes someone make parenting better or worse or anything. So I, it's I just feel different. <laughs> yeah, it's just different. Everybody's got a different setup. My setup, yep. uh, you know, is the more classic uh, seven to five office job and come home and do the family thing. Um, and I've always told myself that regardless of what I'm into, whether it be exercise or or tools or house projects, that the kids would always get my focus while they were awake. Um my dad always made a, a, a point when he, he worked crazy hours, but weekends were all us. So I, I feel, uh, you know, I, I'm one of five. So my parents, I don't know how they're still sane. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, when, when I come home, you know, just all about the kids. And I, I don't, I do have a consistent lingering like pull to want to get things done. My head is always project oriented. Um, and so the only thing that works for me is if ever I get behind on a project or really feel motivated, I actually will set an alarm on my phone because our process of getting the kids to bed is wrestling them all in the dark, making sure they all fall asleep, telling stories, whatever. And that is a, a cozy environment after being exhausted from a day's work and wrangling kids all evening. So I'll yeah. set an alarm. I, heck, for most of these podcasts, I have to set an alarm to wake myself back up so I can talk to you guys quote in the middle of the night so you, you make time and usually as, as a parent that is the sacrifice of sleep um yes so the current game plan is pick a day maybe two days out of the week where i decide the next day is gonna suffer from lack of sleep but it, it'll give me a mental relief of not stealing any time from my kids but also you know moving moving the chessboard one more piece so that, that's my right. strategy absolutely yeah, so just trying to kind of bring it all together here. You know, I know we we talked about a you know a bunch of different topics here, but to sum it up, just like I've said, you know, it can be done. Just got to find that balance. Find what works for you. Uh, everybody's work schedule is different. Everybody's time off schedule is different. And you got to make sure that you're you're doing what's best for your kids, and as well as you know staying sane and still having time for your hobbies and, and what you enjoy and it can be done people have done it in the past we're doing it people in the future will continue to do it so it can be done don't worry about that um any other uh, summing it up points guys what do you think just want everybody to remember that like clean crisp optimism you hear in evan's voice <laughs> <laughs> Just, just remember that when you start talking in mumbles and stutters, it's because you've lack, lost sleep. And, you know, Dave and I will get better at this whole outro thing by then. Uh, so we'll help bridge the gap. It's, you usually sing us off so eloquently. Um, 
but that may uh, come at a price. <laughs> I'll try my best. I'll try my best. <laughs> I barely remember the first year of my kid's life. I was so tired all the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is it's amazing. It is a whirlwind. It is a whirlwind, and it's exhausting. And usually, the rest of your life, you're exhausted because of things you've accomplished or things you've overcome. And when you look back, it's just a year of diapers and naps and trying to figure out why they're crying. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you'll learn. Nap times are the best times. That's my that's my summary. Yeah. Enjoy the Very enjoy good. the naps while they last. Nap times or or the middle of the night. If you yes. sometimes getting older now, waking up in the middle of the night, go all right. I am not getting back to sleep. I'm gonna study Babbitt bearings or I'm gonna right. get ready for that next 45 minute window because damn it, when I get it, I'm gonna know everything I need to do to push it along. Can't spend any time looking things up in the garage because at that point I've lost it. That's it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks for sharing all these these wonderful tips and tricks for us for being a parent and doing restoration. Um, you know, it's it's for the it's for the listeners out there. We want them to be a part of this conversation. Remember, you can uh, hit us up on our Instagram at the Restoration Podcast or on our Gmail, the Restoration Podcast at gmail.com. If you love this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. Uh, tag us in a post show us what you're doing if you hated this podcast tell us that too because we want to know how we can improve and Um, we'll tell you something too yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think one of the greatest compliments we could ever get is if you enjoy it or know like-minded folks share it with them Um, we'd love to increase the amount of people that can be along this ride with us and if you got the time, leave us a review on, uh, what is it, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts? Apple Podcasts, yes. You, Any, you, anywhere you can get your podcasts. We're, right. trying, to beat, we're trying to beat out the, uh, the, the knitting crowd. We're in the same category as the ladies who knit. So leave us a nice review, and <laughs> maybe we'll make it to the top of the DIY non-knitting category for once. <laughs> anyway, Absolutely. thank you guys so much. We love you. We'll, we'll talk to you sometime next week, huh? Yeah. Oh, hold on, Evan's got to sign us out. Nope. Oh, oh, ins- oh not yet. Boy, I blew not it. yet. No. All right, Evan, say your thing. Come on, let's go. Right. <laughs> 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 Thank you. All right. All right. Ready? 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 Sorry. I got a case of the giggles. <laughs> All right. Ev- Evan summed it up so cleanly, and we dragged it down. So. <laughs> it's, uh, you just you just trudged it through the mud right there. No. Oh my god! It's okay. Good luck. Hey. Good luck. Ed- good luck editing that. Oh, it's all staying. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening, and this has been the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave. We restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Like a boss. Like a boss. Bye. Bye.
Yeah. Yeah. Take that, take that, knitting ladies. You ain't got nothing. <laughs> yeah, those knitting, those knitting ladies will run circles around you, Dick. They will knit circles around you. Yes. Yeah. As, yeah. As soon as all the old ladies can leave quarantine, they're gonna jump you. <laughs> I'll cough in your face. <laughs> Wait, are you allowed to say that? No. No. Oh, uh, just kidding. <laughs>